Praise him. Come on, let's praise him today. Come on, let's praise him today. Hallelujah. Come on, there's a moving of the Holy Ghost in this house today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, it's a good thing to give praise unto the Lord for he is good. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him today. Amen. The word of the Lord and the power of the Lord is here today to set free and to deliver. Hallelujah. How many can say, Brother Herring, I need a touch from God today? Hallelujah. How many say, Brother Herring, it's been a while since I've really had a good, strong touch from the Holy Ghost. If it's been a while, God can touch you today. God can minister to you today. You don't have to walk out of this place feeling oppressed, feeling depressed, feeling alone, feeling afraid. You can walk out of this house today with joy and strength in your spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen, 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 hallelujah, amen. At this time, we're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering, amen. Uh, Brother Miles, if you'll come and receive this morning's offering, and uh, Brother Aiden, if you'll pass out the cards, amen. Don't forget about the seed cards. You don't need to take many, but just one or two, amen. And this week, if you feel led to just drop one off to somebody, or if you get Spark up a conversation with somebody, amen, and you you feel like God wants you to invite them to church, just say, I'd like to invite you to our church, here's a seed card. You don't have to call it a seed card to them, they'll not quite know what that is, but that's our seed, amen, into the soil. We should, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you should be passing out at least one a week. If not, you're going to bust hell wide open. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, uh, Pastor was kind of joking, but not really. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you today for your mercy. We thank you today, God, for your blessings upon our lives and upon our families. God, I ask today, Lord, that you would minister, Lord, God, through this offering, God, that you would bless those that give, Lord. Father, that you'd bless those and return to them, O God, blessing, O Lord. Father, I pray that your great goodness would be upon each and every person, Lord, that contributes to the kingdom. Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I pray that you make it uncomfortable for people, God, that do not contribute to the kingdom, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would show them the blessing in giving, O Lord. God, you're great and greatly to be praised, Jesus. Father, multiply this offering for the furtherance of your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. Let's march and give in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. And the ones that don't come and get the seat card, Okay. All right, we're out. We'll get some more. Amen. 
felt a little hiccup in my spirit when I prayed not a blessing on those that don't give. Did anybody hear that? I felt that little hiccup. Amen. Let me just for one minute. You can pull that down just a little bit. So pull the master down then. We're trying a new little thing here and I don't know how to work this. But how do you how do you make it come down? Oh, that's coming through here. All right. Fixed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh just a, just a couple announcements. We uh we're making some headway in our church van offering. Amen. Everybody that has contributed to that, thank you so much. Amen. Let's remember our our contributions. The goal, here's the goal, is to have that van decaled and ready to go for camp. Amen. And that way when we pull up to youth camp, we'll be like, bum, 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 bum. It's the Christ line. Bum, bum. Y'all down with that? What do you think about that, Millie? Is that cool with you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She was looking at me like, what's he doing? Amen. Amen. Uh, So thank you so much for giving and contributing to that. Uh, Amen. We are making great headway there. We have a church, just to let you know, we um, have, uh, I talked to Pastor Thornton this last week. They're going to be sending uh, some money our direction here in the next couple weeks. So, and then Brother Kenzie in Florida, they'll be making up the difference of whatever van we find. So... Thanks be to God. That is two churches buying us a van together. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, favor isn't fair. It's okay, though. It's okay. Amen. Hallelujah. At this time, um, well, let me just let me just say this. It's so good to have um, hold on. I got it. Cannon. So good to have Cannon here today. It's his first time at Christ Life. Let's give him a great big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, I hope Cannon has a good time today. Cannon, you need to think about somewhere we're going to go to lunch today because it's your first time and you got to go to lunch with us. And we always pick out the best places. Amen. You like steak fried rice? <laughs> I'm just playing. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Let's all stand today. Amen. All our children are dismissed for class today. Amen. Do we have somebody in the younger ages today? Yes, sister. Um, amen. Awesome. It's always pandemonium. It's so good to have brother and sister Thornhill with us today. Amen. Let's give them a great big hand. Hallelujah. These are uh, great heroes of the faith. They're coming to do a hard task and plant a church in Hernando. And we need churches in Hernando. Amen. We need churches in DeSoto County. And uh, these are heroes of the faith. Anybody that's willing to leave uh, South Mississippi and come north. Amen. As a brave souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's so good to have them here today. Sister Thornhill, are you going to sing today? So you don't have to if you don't want to, amen. But may, maybe you can do maybe you can do the the altar call stuff if you want or whatever. But if we want to go home with Jesus, say. <laughs> well, praise the Lord, everybody. 
Amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord today. It is such an honor to be here uh, with each of you. And uh, I feel comfortable whenever I feel his presence here like we do. And I know that the Lord uses days just like today to be life-changing days in people's lives. And I believe God's going to do that uh, in this service today. Um, I would like to say it's an honor to be here. Thanks so much, Brother and Sister Herring, for allowing us to be here today. It is our privilege uh, to be able to stand here. You, know, you guys have such a beautiful facility. And uh, we are honored to be here and to just be a part of this service this morning. Uh, if you do have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Second Kings chapter number six, Second uh, Kings chapter number six. I guess I could play and sing for y'all, um, but uh, y'all need y'all stick around this fifteen minutes, brother Harry, and uh, so we can finish this service today. Uh, I did. I did hear one story. A man went to the doctor and said, "Doctor, my whole body hurts." And the doctor said, "Well." Take your finger and touch your elbow. He touches his elbow and the man screams, ouch. He said, okay, that's interesting. He said, take it and touch your forehead. And he touches his forehead and the man screams again how bad it hurts. He says, okay, one more thing. Take it and touch your foot. And so touches the foot and he screams again. The doctor says, I got your diagnosis. I figured out that you've got a dislocated finger. You know, sometimes it can look like the whole world is against us, but I believe on this Sunday morning, God can fix whatever problem may be in our life, and I'm expecting God to do something in this place today. Amen. Thank you so much again. Uh, 2 Kings chapter number 6 and verse number 8, uh, I've got a three-hour message and I've got a 15-minute message, so I'm gonna, we'll go with the 15-minute uh, the one today. Uh, the Bible tells us, the, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto uh, the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place. And verse 10 says, And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bed chamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. Verse 14 says, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with him. And Elisha prayed, said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I want you to notice the portion of this scripture. The Bible says that the king of Syria was coming against Israel. Every time he made a plot against them, the Lord would speak to the man of God. He would warn Israel, and God would avert them from walking into the trap, and God began to save them. But I, I'm going to hold my title just for a moment, if you wouldn't mind putting it up just, just for a few moments today, and I'll, I'll give it to you in a minute. But I want us to lay our Bible saying, let's lift up our hands. Let's ask God to have his will. We want his will in this place today. God, we love you, 
Lord, and we thank you for all that you are and all that you've done, God. And I pray that your will be accomplished this morning. God, I pray, Jesus, Lord, that you would open up our minds and our hearts, God. Open up our eyes to see, God, and to feel, Lord, in this place today, Lord. There is nothing that is impossible for you. God, there's nothing that you cannot do, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would move in a special way, God. I pray you would you would meet needs in this place, Lord. I pray, God, that you would bless and you would encourage, God, and you would deliver in this service this morning, God. And we're going to give you the praise and glory for everything that you're going to do today. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Would you mind putting your hands together to the Lord? And let's just thank him in advance for what he's about to do. We praise you, Lord. We lift you up, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated today. The Bible gives us scriptures that describes our enemy like this in Psalms 37 and 12. It says, The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. I want you to notice that the wicked plots against the righteous. If you and I are living for God, we do have an enemy that is plotting against us. The Bible lets us know that there is, that our enemy is like a roaring lion. I like how it says that he's like a lion. He's not a lion, he's like a lion and he's seeking to devour. Jesus looks at Peter and he warns him. He says, Satan does desire to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He's not a friend, he's not a neutral part. But he is an enemy that is after our souls today. From the very beginning, it has been a plot of the enemy to destroy everything that is righteous. When God created Adam and Eve and placed them into the garden, there was a perfect union between God and man. But the enemy had a plot to break that union and allow sin to enter into the world. He took the only thing in the garden that God said, don't eat of that, and he brought their attention to that one truth and the plot caused sin to enter into humanity and the relationship with God and man was broken. A plot is defined as secretly planning. A plot is an evil thought towards someone or something. It's a setup that is meant to destroy. It is a trap that is disguised by what looks like to be good, but there's no good intentions behind it. And the enemy of our soul does not want us to succeed today. I know that's surprising this morning, but he does not want us to have revival. He does not want Christ's life to be in Horn Lake. He does not want God's will to be accomplished in our life. He does not want us to reach the potential that God has for this service in this place this morning. In fact, he will love nothing more than for us to fail. He will love nothing more than for our loved ones to be lost and our churches not to reach the potential that God has for our life. He will love nothing more than for us to miss the will of God in our personal walks with Him today. That's why His plots are the skin of good twisted over the trap of bad. He starts out with a little question, didn't God say? He's trying to set up the plot for them to fall. Whenever Balak the king of Moab heard that the children of Israel were coming his way, he looks at them and says, this people is too great for us. Us. They're too strong for us. So he calls Balaam the, the prophet and he says, I want you to curse these people from being able to come in and take our land. But every time Balaam would try to raise up a curse for the people of God, blessing would come out. Because whoever God says is blessed.
blessed is going to be blessed. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful I'm on the blessed side of God today. I'm thankful that we got God's favor in this house this morning. I'm glad we got God on our side in this place today because if God be for us, it does not matter who is against us. Amen. So the Bible tells us that Balaam comes up with a plot. He says, if we can't curse them, we can trap them. So the Bible tells us that the daughters of Moab began to mingle with the boys of Israel. Not long, the boys of Israel worshiping at the altars of this world and mingling with the gods of this world. And the book of Revelations, it tells us that Balaam the prophet taught Balak the king how to lay a stumbling block before them and to mix righteousness and unrighteousness together. Amen. It was a plot to mix the blessings with the cursings. It was a plot to keep them from fulfilling the will of God. The enemy's not so much worried about the how or the why. He's not so much worried about how he's going to do it, but all he's worried about is as long as we don't reach the potential that God has for our life. The Bible shows us an interesting situation. Jehoshaphat receives the news that there is a great plot against Israel just over the hill. The Bible calls them a great multitude that is there. The intent is to wipe Israel off off of the mount. They're not there to be friends or come to an agreement. Amen. There's no time to gather another army to help them fight this battle. And the plot of the enemy looks like a good one. It sparked fear into every man. And Jehoshaphat don't know what else to do so he turns to God in prayer. And as Jehoshaphat begins to pray, the Spirit of the Lord comes up on Jehazael. And the Lord begins to speak and say, Fear not, for the battle is not yours but it is mine. And in other words, the Lord looked down and said, I see the enemy has a plot. I understand there's evil intentions towards you. I know that you don't even have a chance in your own sight. It is impossible with man. It's a trout that you cannot avoid. I know the enemy may have a plot, but Israel, I want you to understand before the enemy ever had a plot, I already had a plan. And I want to preach to you on this Sunday morning. The enemy may have a plot for our life, but God's got a plan uh, for us in this house this morning. Uh, and I don't care how big the plot of the enemy is. Uh, our God's plan is greater. Our God's plan is stronger. Uh, our God's plan is going to overcome. Uh, it's bigger than any part of distraction, any part of, of hurt, any part of sickness, uh, any part of frustration or disappointment. Uh, I'm glad today that our God has got a plan, and He's planning uh, for us to have revival. Uh, He's planning for us to live in victory. He's planning for my healing. He's planning for my deliverance. He's planning for churches to grow. He's planning for souls to be saved. Jehoshaphat, you may be outnumbered today in the plot, but your enemy is out playing for your victory today because God's got a plan for every plot that the enemy's got. The Bible says that God makes a way of escape whenever Jehoshaphat obeyed uh, the voice of God and obeyed his plan and walked into the battle without a sword or a spear. That don't sound real smart, but he walks in with praise and worship. God sent a delusion to the enemy 
and they turned one against another and the Bible says none of them escaped. There's a great multitude against you but whenever he obeyed God's plan none of them escaped. I want to tell you there may be a great multitude of things that is against us but whenever the church obeys the plan of God nothing's going to work. Nothing's going to succeed because God is fighting for the church. I'm glad God's fighting for my family. I'm glad God's fighting through my prayers. I'm glad God's fighting through my worship today. I'm glad God's fighting through your pastor. I'm glad God's fighting through this church because God has a plan. The enemy is plotting for our demise, but God is planned for our victory. I've come on this Sunday morning to let somebody know that God has already planned your victory, your breakthrough, your healing, your revival. Amen. Your, your, your loved one coming back to God. God's already planned for restoration to happen. God's already planned uh, for churches to grow. God's already got plans for these, these uh, chairs to have people in them. God's already got planned uh, for what he's going to do in this life last day hour. I'm thankful today that my God's got a plan. I don't know where to turn or what else to do, but I'm glad that he knows where he's leading me. So God, wherever you're leading me, I'm going to go. The Bible tells us in Revelations 13 and 8, it says, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Before the enemy ever had a plot to make man fall in the garden and sin to enter in this world, God already had a plan for that sin to be forgiven. Amen. Before we ever got to the plot of the enemy had against our life, God already had a plan for us to come out. The Bible tells us in Psalms 21 11, it says, Though they intend evil against you, though they devise a plot against you, I love the last part of this verse. It simply says, They will not succeed. There is a plot, but whenever we obey God's plan, the plot just won't work. Whenever we obey God's plan, the enemy's plots are going to fall. Whenever we obey God's plan, I believe giants are going to fall and prayers are going to be answered. I believe there's going to be miracles that's going to happen and healing that's going to come. So God is a master planner. He planned for man's salvation before ever there was a sin. He planned for the children of Israel to go to a land of promise while they were still in bondage. In that need, I want you to think about God's forethought into the future. And if God's got the plans like that for people, he's got plans like that for us. He, he thought about Noah's building a, a boat to preserve the human race before a rain drop ever dropped out of heaven. He, he's got a place called heaven for the righteous to be saved before we ever get there. Amen. So whenever the children of Israel were under attack by the Midianites and Gideon was hiding behind the wine press and he was afraid of the plot of the enemy, the Bible says an angel showed up. And I love the way that the Lord spoke to him and said, God says, you are a mighty man of valor. Gideon know he, would, he knew he wasn't a mighty man of valor. He wasn't, he wasn't muscular like I am and tall and brave. But he knew he wasn't a mighty man of valor. He, he knew that he was afraid. He he knew that he was. He said, I'm the least of my father's house. I, I don't have the strength. and I don't have all of these things. I'm not a mighty man of valor. But the angel of the Lord said, you're a mighty man of valor. What he was saying was, God already planned for you to be victorious before you ever walked onto the battlefield, before you ever stepped on foot on that battlefield. God already checked a W in the wind column on the right side. I believe 
believe before Christ's life ever walked into Horn Lake, Mississippi, God already checked a W and said, I've already planned for there to be a church before the first sermon was ever preached, before this building was ever here. Amen. The battle was won before a sword was ever unsheathed because God makes a plan of victory in our life. And when God makes a plan of victory, you can write it in stone because it's going to come to pass. Isaiah 55, 1 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void unto me, but it shall, everybody say shall, accomplish that which I please, and it shall, everybody say shall, it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it to. But even after the angel gave the word from God, and even after the signs that God was going to bring victory, Gideon was still nervous and worried about the enemy's plot. So God said, if you're afraid of what the enemy's going to do and afraid of their plot, why don't you go down to the enemy's camp, and why don't you just listen to what they think about my plan? So Gideon walks down to the enemy's camp, and a guy wakes up from the nightmare and says, I had a dream that a barley loaf come into our camp and wiped out our camp. And his friend looks up at him and says, it's nothing else save the sword of Gideon because God has delivered us into his hand. While Gideon was worried about their plot, the enemy was scared to death about what God's plan was. And while we hear all about the enemy's plots against our lives, those prayers are not going to ever be answered. Your loved one's never coming back to God. You won't ever get out of that depression. You won't ever be healed of that problem. You'll never fulfill the will that God has for your life. I know how the enemy works today. I know how he talks to us this morning. But while somebody may be worried about the plot, I've come to let you know the devil's scared to death of what God's plan is in your life. Because Gideon, whenever you obey God's plan, there's not a devil in hell. There's not a plot in hell that's going to stop the plan of God because God's plan is going to work. God's plan is going to move forward. God's plan is going to bring revival. God's plan is going to come to pass. The Bible says in James 2.19, it says, Thou believest in one God, you do well, but the devils also believe and tremble. And I want to tell you today, we're not near as worried about the enemy's plot as he is about God's plan. We're not near as worried about what the devil's going to do about to us as he is worried about what you're going to do to him. Amen. And I don't understand it, but God playing for 300 men with horns and lamps to line a hillside and break those lamps and, and seek God's plan, prevail on the enemy to fall. And sometimes you've got to throw out your human reasoning to the curb and say it don't always make sense. I don't always understand what God's doing. I, I don't always know why God's plans work the way they do, but all I know is this, uh, is God's plans will always work. Uh, Naaman, I don't understand why God would ask you to go dip seven times to cure your leprosy, uh, but it's what God's plan was and it worked. Uh, lady, I don't understand why God would ask you to give your last meal away in a famine, uh, but if you want to have sustainment in the famine, that's God's plan and it's going to work. Uh, 
It don't always make sense to come before the church and have the elders anoint you with oil and pray over your sickness, but that's God's plan and it's going to work. It don't always make sense to lift up my hands and to worship God and to come to church whenever I'm in the middle of the trial and the storm and I don't know how it's going to come out and how it's going to work out, but that's God's plan and all I know is God's plans still work. I wonder, does anybody know that today, that God's plans work for me? It works in my life. I don't always have to understand it, but it works. You want to be saved, you got to repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the Holy Ghost. That's God's plan and it just works. God made Joseph, I'm almost done today. Everybody shout praise God. God made Joseph a promise and gave Joseph a dream. But whenever he told his dream to his brothers, they plotted against him, threw him into a pit, sold him into slavery, took his coat, dipped it in blood, and let their father just believe he had died. The enemy thought the plot would destroy the plan. But there's not a plot in this world that can destroy the plan of God when we act in obedience. Amen. God used the plot of the enemy to set up the plan of God. He used the plot of in, the plot of the enemy to just work right along with the plan that God had all along. Amen. He was sent to Potiphar's house. He was executioner. He was blessed and set up to be the head of his house, lied on by his wife, thrown into jail with two dreamers where he interprets dreams. And it seems all for naught until Pharaoh had a dream and one of the men remembers that Joseph interprets dreams. Uh, and he calls him up and Joseph is called from the jail to the palace and he is set up to be the second man in Egypt and whenever the dream comes to pass he looks at the ones that plotted against him and he says God took what you plotted against me for evil and he used it to set it up for the plan to come to pass in my life I want to preach to you. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. I want us to understand this morning it don't always make sense whenever we're in the middle of the plot. But God is able to take whatever hell brings against us and he's able to use it to set us up for the plan that God has in our life. And I want to remind somebody this morning that God's able to take the plot the enemy brought against your family and he's able to use it to set your family up for a miracle. God's able to use the plot the enemy brings against the church and he's able to set it up for the church to have a great revival. God's able to take the plot the enemy has to trap your lost loved one and he's able to set it up to bring the rest of your family into the church and save them as well. The point I'm trying to make today is the enemy's plot is no match for the plan that God has for our life. So don't judge God's plan by the plot you're in right now. You just hold your head up high and say, devil, give it your best shot today because God's got a plan and God's going to bring me out. God's going to bring the past, my life. Amen. There's going to be victory on the other side. Revival on the other side. There's going to be prayers that are answered on the other side. I know God's got a plan. Amen. Joseph, if you get lost, I'm telling you, this is one thing that God has dealt with me so strong on. The last few years, if you get lost in the injustice of the plot, you'll never celebrate in the plan of victory. Amen. But if you can get your eyes off the plot and you can put your faith in the plan, nothing in the world will ever stop you from experiencing the victory.
It's not time for us to give up on promises. It's not time for us to give in to the devil's plots in our life. But I've come to preach to somebody and encourage somebody this Sunday morning. It's time for us to step up. It's time for us to step into faith. It's time for us to put fear under our feet. It's time for us to put the past in the past. It's time for us to ignore the plots the enemy comes in against us with. And I believe it's time for prayers to begin to be answered. I believe it's time for souls to begin to fill the altars. I believe it's time for miracles to start happening. And I believe it's time for backsliders uh, to start coming home. I believe it's time for co-workers to start feeling God's spirit and being saved. I believe it's time for Christians uh, to start fulfilling their walk with God. Uh, Amen. I've come to preach to somebody today. I'm going to get in the flow of the plan. Uh, I'm going with God. Uh, I'm not worrying about the plot that comes against us. But I'm going with the plan that God has for us. Amen. The king of Syria was plotting against God's people and he would devise a plot. He would set up a trap. And every time he would devise this plot against the, against the, the, the people of Israel, the Bible says that God would speak to the man of God and he would, he would tell the people of Israel that there is a plot against you and they would avoid it. I want to tell you one of the greatest things about coming to church is whenever we come to the house of God and, and pastors preaching and, and and he's teaching out of the word of God. Amen. There's so many times that God's spirit will begin to expose the plot that the enemy has for our life. And there's so many times in services just like this that God will use the word of God, the man of God, the souls, the spirit of God to help us walk past the plot that the enemy has in our life. I don't know about you. I don't want to walk into defeat. I want to walk into victory. I don't want to walk into a place that the enemy has for my life. I want to walk into a place where God has victory in my life. So the Bible tells us that that they finally come up with a, a solution. If we're going to stop the people of God, we've got to get the man of God. We've, we've got to get that that place where he cannot speak. And the enemy knows if he's going to take this city, he's got to get this church. That's why our churches are under attack. We've got churches everywhere that are under attack because he knows the only way to take the city is got to take the people. So the Bible says they surround the city. The Bible says that when the man of God, the servant comes out, they look and there's horses and chariots everywhere. And the servants panic and saying, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I don't know what we're going to do. Look at everything that's around us. And the man of God said, don't worry about it. Because there's more for us and there's more for them. And the servant looked around and says, do you see all of this? Look at all the people here and all the people that are trying to get us. And the Bible says the man of God just simply closes his eyes. And he says, God, open up his eyes that he can see. Because all the servant could see was the people against them, the the, the trials against them. But whenever God opened up his eyes, he got his eyes off of the plot. And he opened his eyes to the plan and all around them were horses of fire. Amen. A few moments ago, all he could see was the plot. But now all he could see was the plan. And I've come on this Sunday morning. I've come to ask God to open up some eyes to see. Because too many times, all we can see is how long we prayed the prayer and it hadn't been answered. How long we've had the sickness and it hadn't been healed. How long we've done the things and we hadn't seen what we want to see. But I've come to ask God, would you open up our eyes? 
and let us see past the plot and let us see to the healing. Let us see to the victory. Let us see to our family being saved. Let us see to the miracle. Let us see to the blessed God. Would you open up our eyes so we could see today? I would if you'd stand this morning. I would if you lift up your hands all over this house. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. I've got more to preach. Come on, but I feel like God's want to open up your eyes today. Come on, I feel like God's want to open up someone's eyes to see the prayer being answered right now. To see the soul being saved right now. To see the victory being given right now. God, let us see your plan this morning, God. Let us look past the plot and let us see the blessing. Let us see the victory, God. Let us see it, Lord, today. I wonder if you'd step out. If you don't mind, would you come around this front? Amen. Would you just lift up your hands? Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house today.